A modified fluctuation assay reveals a natural mutator phenotype that drives mutation spectrum variation within Saccharomyces cerevisiae. Abstract. Although studies of Saccharomyces cerevisiae have provided many insights into mutagenesis and DNA repair, most of this work is focused on a few laboratory strains. Much less is known about the phenotypic effects of natural variation within S. cerevisiae's DNA repair pathways. Here we use natural polymorphisms to detect historical mutation spectrum differences among several wild and domesticated cerevisiae strains. To determine whether these differences are likely caused by genetic mutation rate modifiers, we use a modified fluctuation assay with a CAN1 reporter to measure de novo mutation rates and a spectra in 16 of the analyzed strains. We measure a tenfold range of mutation rates and identify two strains with distinctive mutation spectra. These strains, known as AEQ and AAR, come from the panel's mosaic beer clade and share an enrichment for C to A mutations that is also observed in rare variation segregating throughout the genomes of several mosaic beer and mixed origin strains. Both AEQ and AAR are haploid derivatives of the diploid natural isolate CBS1782, whose rare polymorphisms are enriched for C to A as well, suggesting that the underlying mutator allele is likely active in nature. We use a plasmid complementation test to show that AAR and AEQ share a mutator allele in the DNA repair gene OGG1 which excises eight oxoguanine lesions that cause CDA mutations if left unprepared. Introduction Mutations are a double-edged sword. At the molecular level, they usually arise as a spontaneous consequence of DNA replication errors or damage and are the ultimate cause of genetic diseases. All organisms have evolved complex mechanisms for keeping mutation rates low and safeguarding their genetic information as it is passed from generation to generation. In multicellular organisms, these mechanisms also safeguard somatic tissues from mutations that can cause cancer and age-related decline. A low mutation rate is essential for long-term population survival, and the larger and more complex a genome is, the lower the mutation rate must be, to prevent deleterious mutations from arising faster than natural selection can eliminate them. Over long timescales, however, mutations also serve as the raw material for evolution. Although beneficial mutations are rare occurrences, they are essential for the acquisition of novel phenotypes and adaptations. A large body of theory has been written to describe how natural selection might act on the mutation rate to balance these beneficial and deleterious effects. One prediction is that organisms living in more changeable environments might evolve higher mutation rates than organisms living in more stable environments, assuming that the environment determines whether a higher rate of beneficial mutations is likely to counterbalance a higher rate of deleterious mutations. This prediction has been borne out, of, out in laboratory evolution experiments where mutator phenotypes sometimes emerge in populations that are forced to tolerate challenging conditions. 
and mutator strains are often observed to take over chemostat populations by producing beneficial mutations at a higher rate than competing non-mutator strains. Many mutator phenotypes in E. coli have been linked to defects in DNA repair enzymes. Mutator phenotypes also commonly occur in cancer, likely either because of relaxed selection against cellular dysfunction or because it is beneficial for cancer cells to adapt rapidly to their aggressive growth niche. However, it is less clear how much mutation rate variation exists within and between natural population, and if such variation exists, whether it is maintained by natural selection. The drift barrier hypothesis predicts that mutator alleles will usually be deleterious because they produce more damaging mutations than beneficial ones, but the mutator alleles with relatively small effects may persist in populations because they are not deleterious enough to be efficiently eliminated. Although next-generation sequencing has rapidly increased our ability to measure the genetic variation that currently exists within populations, the extent of mutation rate variation is still more difficult and expensive to measure. One of the original methods for measuring mutation rates is the Luria-Delbruck fluctuation assay, in which a population of microorganisms is allowed to grow clonally for a controlled length of time, then challenged with a form of artificial selection that kills most cells except for those that have happened to acquire specific resistance mutations. The mutation rate can then be calculated from the number of colonies that manage to grow after this artificial selection is opposed. Although fluctuation assays are an elegant and efficient way for measuring the mutation rate of specific reporter genes, the results are potentially sensitive to the reporter gene being used and where it is located within the genome. In addition, they are not applicable to multicellular organisms. These drawbacks have motivated the development of newer methods to take advantage of high-throughput sequencing, such as mutation accumulation assays, in which a laboratory population is serially bottlenecked for many generations, eliminating most effects of natural selection, and allowing mutations to be directly counted by sequencing at the end of the experiment. Mutation accumulation studies have been used to estimate mutation rates in a wide variety of organisms, including a recent study of nine heterozygous cerevisiae strains. However, higher throughput mutation accumulation experiments require DNA repair genes to be knocked out to induce higher mutation rates that can be accurately measured with few generations of labor-intensive propagation, as in Liu and Zhang 2021. An alternative source of information about mutational processes in strains with low mutation rates is genetic variation among related individuals who share common ancestors. Polymorphic sites are easier and cheaper to discover than new mutations because they are present at a higher density within the genome and often shared among several individuals. Mining polymorphisms for information about mutation rates can be difficult since their abundance is affected by genetic drift and natural selection. But despite these limitations, they have provided surprisingly strong evidence 
for the existence of historical changes to the mutation spectrum, meaning the tendency of mutations to occur, most often in certain nucleotide contexts. In humans, for example, Europeans and South Asians have a significantly higher proportion of TCC to TTC mutations than other human groups, a pattern that is difficult to explain without a recent population-specific increase in the rate of this type of mutation. This pattern might have been caused by either a genetic mutator or an environmental mutagen, but is not explicable by the action of selection or drift, or any other process that simply modulates the retention or loss of genetic variation. Polymorphism data has revealed that each human population and great ape species appears to have a distinctive triplet mutation spectrum, which implies that genetic and or environmental mutators likely emerge relatively often and act within localized populations to increase mutation rates in specific sequence contexts. However, identifying these hypothetical mutators is a challenging proposition not least because some population-specific signatures, such as the human TCC to TTC enrichment, appears to be relics of mutators that are no longer active. A recent study of de novo mutations in diverse human families found some evidence of mutation rate variation between human populations, but argued that most of this variation was driven by the environment rather than genetics. Given that humans from different populations tend to be born and raised in different environments, it is extremely challenging to determine the degree to which genetics and or the environment are responsible for the, for the variation of the rates and spectrum of de novo mutations accumulating within, within human populations today. More is known about the genetic architecture of mutagenesis in model organisms, including the single-celled organisms Saccharomyces cerevisiae, where it is tractable to disentangle genetic mutator effects from environmental ones by accumulating mutations on different genetic backgrounds in controlled laboratory experiments. Many cerevisiae mutator alleles have been discovered using genetic screens, which involve creating libraries of artificial mutants in the lab and determining which ones have high mutation rates. Mutation rates can be elevated by up to a thousand-fold in lines where DNA proofreading and repair capabilities are artificially knocked out. And quantitative trait loci, with more modest effects, have been found to underlie a five-fold range of mutation rate variation among a few natural cerevisiae strains. A more complex mutator phenotype has been observed as a result of epistasis between two incompatible alleles found as natural variation in the mismatch repair genes MLH1 and PMS1, although the natural isolates in which these alleles are found appear to have acquired compensatory variants that suppress this mutator phenotype. An extreme case of long-term maintenance of a hypermutation lineage comes from phylogenetic analysis of bipolar budding yeasts, Hanseniospora, which shows large amounts of gene loss accelerated evolutionary rates, and altered mutation spectra. Mild environmental stressors, such as high salt, ethanol, and heat, can also alter the mutation rate of S. cerevisiae, as well as Arabidopsis thaliana. 
The same environmental perturbations can cause detectable changes to both species' mutation spectrum. The mutation spectrum has also helped has also been observed to depend on whether Cerevisiae is replicating in a haploid or diploid state. In addition, environmental mutagens, more complex ploidy, and genetic mutation rate modifiers could all conceivably affect the mutation spectrum of natural variation as it accumulates. However, no study to our knowledge has looked at whether any mutational signatures measured in the laboratory are capable of explaining natural mutation spectrum variation observed in polymorphism data from a model species. Recently, comprehensive sampling efforts have produced a collection of 1,011 natural isolates of Cerevisiae. This is a uniquely powerful system containing abundant natural variation that accumulated within diverse environments during the recent and ancient evolution of Cerevisiae, and the panel is also amenable to experimental accumulation of mutations over laboratory growth. Many genetic polymorphisms differentiate these strains, and these are relics of mutations that accumulated over many generations on divergent genetic backgrounds adapted to diverse environmental conditions, ranging from forests to beverage fermentation pipelines. Both environmental mutagens and genetic mutators may have created differences among the mutation spectra of these 1,011 strains, but only genetically determined mutation spectrum differences should have the potential to be reproduced in the spectra of mutations accumulated in a controlled lab environment. We hypothesized that yeast strains with outlying spectra of natural polymorphisms are more likely to have distinct de novo mutation spectra than strains whose polymorphisms have indistinguishable mutation spectra. The same hypothesis underlines previous inferences of de novo mutation spectrum variation from polymorphism data and rare mutations found in mouse colonies. But this hypothesis has been difficult to test in vertebrate species. To enable such direct testing of Cerevisiae, we describe a new Luria del Brook-based assay that efficiently measures the spectra of de novo mutations in haploid strains using pooled amplicon sequencing. We then use this assay to identify strains with reproducibly measurable mutator phenotypes that explain the spectrum biases of these strains' polymorphisms. Some proportion of natural mutation spectrum variation might not be reproducible in the lab if it is driven by environmental mutagens, bioinformatic artifacts, or extinct genetic mutators, but our assay has the potential to identify which gradients of mutation spectrum variants are driven by extant genotypic differences. Discussion. In this study, we compare the mutation spectra of natural variants and de novo mutations within diverse strains of Saccharomyces cerevisiae. We find both population genetic and experimental evidence pointing to a recent increase in the rate of CDA mutations within one clade as a result of naturally occurring genetically encoded mutator phenotype. Our highly accurate pipeline uses a classical fluctuation assay to quantify the NOVA mutation rate in the reporter gene CAN1, then utilize a sequencing of pooled mutants to measure mutation spectrum. Sanger validations confirmed that this approach has an undetectably low false positive rate 
and a very low false negative rate. The reliability of our pipeline is further supported by concordance between our mutation spectrum measurements and previous measurements made from the same lab strains. Using this method, we identified two extreme mutation spectrum outliers. The mosaic beer strains AEQ and AAR, as well as several strains with more subtle mutation spectrum phenotypes that are good candidates for future investigation. Although mutation spectrum variation from natural polymorphisms, we report here, is a reminiscent of observed mutation spectrum variation among humans, great apes, and laboratory mouse strains. We note that cerevisiae mutation spectra separate less by population compared to vertebrate mutation spectra. While it is possible to infer a human genome's continental group of origin using its mutation spectrum alone, the same is not generally true in cerevisiae. Several factors which are not mutually exclusive might underlie this difference. One is the presence of complex population structure and pervasive gene flow between cerevisiae clades. Another factor is the small size of the cerevisiae genome. Each strain has two orders of magnitude fewer derived alleles than most vertebrate genomes have. This limits our ability to detect how flanking base pairs affect the mutation rate of each site in the genome and constrains us to study a lower dimensional mutation spectrum than the context-dependent ones studied in species with larger genomes. While gene flow and genome size might be responsible for the relatively modest magnitude of mutation spectrum divergence between most strains of cerevisiae, it is also possible that DNA replication and repair are intrinsically more uniform in cerevisiae than in vertebrates, perhaps because of the greater efficiency of selection against weakly deleterious mutator alleles in a unicellular organism that exists at a large effective population size and often reproduces asexually. Asexual reproduction should theoretically increase the efficiency of selection against mutator alleles because deleterious variants created by the mutator cannot recombine onto other genetic backgrounds. On the other hand, it can also limit the efficiency of selection against individual deleterious mutations by permanently tethering them to particular genetic backgrounds. Further measurements of mutation spectrum variation within other species will be needed to determine whether the stability observed here is indeed characteristic of unicellular eukaryotes. If mutation spectra tend to be stable within species that have low mutation rates and strong selection against mutation rate modifiers, we might expect to see even less mutation spectrum variation among populations of ciliates like paramecium and tetrahymena, whose mutation rates are substantially lower than that of cerevisiae. Many questions about mutation spectrum variation within cerevisiae and other species remain unresolved and present important avenues for future work. For example, it is unclear whether rare polymorphisms in the mixed origin and mosaic region three clades are enriched for C to A mutations due to the same genetic mechanisms active in AEQ and AAR. Other genes might underlie the mutation spectrum differences observed among other strains, though our analyses suggest 
that some mutation spectrum gradients that dominate the common variation PCA are unlikely to be explained by extant mutators. One such gradient is the ADG enrichment in the African beer yeast clade, which is less pronounced in our rare variant PCA, compared to our PCA extracted from variation of all frequencies. This is somewhat reminiscent of the frequency distribution of the TCC to TTC mutation pulse that distinguishes Europeans and South Asians from other human populations, and may suggest that the African beer A to G enrichment was caused by an extinct mutator allele or a mutagen found in a past environment. Natural selection might contribute to the mutation spectrum variation within SRVCA if certain mutation types are more often beneficial than others and if such asymmetries vary between populations. One example of how natural selection can affect mutation spectrum variation is that transitions are more often synonymous than transversions are, leading to more frequent selection against transversions in genic regions. However, we note that most of the gradient structure observed in our analyses can be reproduced with synonymous mutations alone, meaning that selection is unlikely to explain much of the natural yeast mutation spectrum variation we observe. The C to A mutations enriched in AEQ, AAR, and their relatives might be a signature of oxidative stress damage. Such mutations are a known signature of failure to repair 8 oxoguanine lesions, which is consistent with a causal role for these strains missense substitutions in the oxidative stress response gene OGG1, as verified through our OGG1 plasmid assay. A recent study knocked out OGG1 in human cells and found that this elevated the rate of a C to A dominated mutational signature known in the cosmic catalog as SBS18. SBS18 was initially identified in tumors from individuals with pathogenic variation in MUTI, a direct interacting partner of OGG1 in the 8 oxaguanine repair pathway. It has also been implicated in a C to A dominated germline mutational signature in mice. Although our OGG1 plasmid assay provides compelling evidence that the 8 oxaguanine repair pathway plays a role in the AAR AEQ mutator phenotype, we note that C to A mutations do not comprise all of the excess mutations measured in AEQ and AAR. Compared to LCTL1, the ratio of C to A mutations to C to T mutations is elevated roughly threefold in AEQ and AAR, which is less than tenfold overall elevation of the mutation rate in these strains. These mutation data imply that all mutation types have higher rates in AEQ and AAR compared to other CeraVCA strains, not just C to A. Further work will be required to verify whether the C to A enrichment and broad spectrum mutation rate increases are driven by the same biochemical mechanism. Although our estimates of de novo mutation spectra are all based on the CAN1 locus, we note that CAN1 mutation spectra are generally similar to the genome-wide spectra obtained from mutation accumulation experiments, except that CAN1 spectra have more mutations at C and G base pairs 
and relatively fewer mutations at A and T base pairs. The 2700 and 1900 missense nonsense mutations in our dataset contain numerous instances of all six mutation types that comprise our summary mutation spectrum, suggesting that CAN1 contains many opportunities to ascertain the full spectrum observed genome-wide. We noticed that the CAN1 spectra we measured from the LCTL1 strain showed a slightly higher proportion of C to A mutations than that measured from the same strain by Lang and Murray in 2008, also using a CAN1 reporter. This could be due to the fact that Lang et al. used 10 times the concentration of canavanine that we used, which might mean that some mutants could have grown after plating on our canavanine media. The fact that we do not see elevated C to A mutations in LCTL1 suggests that this could be a, a LCTL2 strain-specific behavior. In summary, the results presented in this paper provide some of the most direct evidence to date that eukaryotic mutation spectra are variable within species. It has been proposed that the best explanation for such mutation spectrum heterogeneity is the frequent emergence of nearly, nu nearly neutral mutator alleles that turn over rapidly as a consequence of weak purifying selection on the mutation rate. How are the novel mutation spectrum measurements provide experimental verification of this claim, showing that at least one mutational signature whose activity varies among natural yeast strains is likely caused by an extant mutator allele. Although our results show that the mutation spectrum bias shared by certain mosaic beer yeast is genetically encoded, it is worth noting that the C to A gradient is not the principal axis of mutation spectrum variation in the 1011 yeast genomes that we computed from all variants. It remains to be seen how many other mutator or anti-mutator alleles might exist within this strain collection and to what extent they can explain the mutation spectrum variation observed among strains from different environments. A broader question still is whether the forces that created Cerevisiae's mutation spectrum variation are similar to the forces that shaped the distinctive mutation spectra of different human populations and great ape species. If we can identify the genes that underlie natural yeast mutator phenotypes, such as the one described in the study, it will likely be more straightforward to test these genes for mutator activity in humans and other species than to discover mutator alleles via any kind of agnostic genome scan.